Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Can I ask what might be a weird question? Go for it. What is the point of an investigation into what happened on January 6th? Like, don't we all basically know what happened, that a pro-Trump mob stormed the Capitol in an effort to overturn the election? I think we all know what happened. I was a witness there. We all saw what happened. Start making a list. Put all those names down. And we start hunting them down one by one. But what lawmakers want to know is why did it happen? How did it happen? And how can we prevent this from happening again? I think this is something that the Congress has to do. It's similar to the 9-11 Commission. Uh, And this even more so because the assault was made on the Congress, on the Capitol of the United States. Breaking just moments ago, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy coming out against a bipartisan bill that would create a commission to examine the January 6th attack on the Capitol. He wrote, quote, Given the political misdirections that have marred this process, given the now duplicative and potentially counterproductive nature of this effort, I cannot support this legislation. Legislation, by the way, that was negotiated by a Republican, John Katko of New York. Back with us again, Gloria. I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today... There's no question that this proposal is going to pass the House today, right? The big question is, how many Republicans end up supporting it? Is it a dozen? Is it several dozen? And... If there is ultimately a big bipartisan vote in the House, it would not only be a blow to McCarthy, uh, but it would also put pressure on more Senate Republicans to follow suit. Melanie Zanona on the chaos inside the GOP ahead of today's vote on the January 6th commission and why an effort to derail the investigation into the insurrection has become a litmus test for Republicans. Today, the House is going to vote on a January 6th commission. It's a 9-11 style independent body that's going to be tasked with investigating the origins of the January 6th attack and what happened at the Capitol. Mm -hmm. And the body is going to be made up of evenly split Republican appointees and Democratic appointees, along with a vice chair, and they will have subpoena power. Hmm. Do we know what specifically the commission would be like looking into, like who exactly they'd be trying to talk to and what they'd be trying to figure out from this investigation? One of the things that was under debate in this whole process was what would it look like and what would it look at specifically and what was the scope going to be? And as far as we understand it, the scope is pretty tightly focused on January 6th and the events leading up to that event. Uh-huh. In terms of who they could call in, you know, Liz Cheney has actually suggested that Kevin McCarthy himself could be called in to testify. I think that he very clearly and said publicly that he's got information about uh, the president's uh, state of mind that day. So you would welcome a subpoena for Kevin McCarthy to testify to that committee? I would anticipate that, the you know, I would hope he doesn't require a subpoena, but I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he were subpoenaed. He was someone who had contact with Trump that day in a phone call that's been reported. Uh, other lawmakers have divulged details about that phone call. I've spoken to multiple Republican members of the House who have knowledge of that call who tell us that after Trump tried to say to Kevin, these are not my people, it's Antifa, Kevin McCarthy said to Trump, no, it's not Antifa. 
And I think it could really shed light on Trump's mindset that day, whether he was trying to stop the rioters or whether he was encouraging them and what culpability he has. Trump said to McCarthy, quote, well, Kevin, I guess these people are more upset about the election than you are. To which McCarthy responded, who the F do you think you're talking to? Now, the fact that McCarthy could be called to testify might explain why he is reluctant to support this commission, even though they got a number of concessions that they pushed for. Well, yeah, I wanted to ask about that because, I mean, this is a bipartisan bill, but McCarthy and House leadership are opposed to it. And last night they issued an informal leadership recommendation urging a no vote. Why are they against this commission? The reason is they're really worried that this commission is essentially going to be used or weaponized against the GOP and Donald Trump. But I think sort of looming over all of this is the fact that former President Trump himself obviously is going to hate this commission. Mm -hmm. And the GOP conference, as we've seen in recent days and weeks, is very reluctant and scared to still cross the former president, who has a very tight grip on the party, even after January 6th and all the events that transpired around that date. So McCarthy and other GOP leaders are officially against this, but you're reporting that there's a last minute surge of resistance inside the party and that a group of Republicans could vote in favor of the commission today. What's going on with that? And what could a significant defection mean for McCarthy and the party? The Bipartisan Problem Solvers Caucus did officially come out and endorse it last night, which is a really big deal. I'm hearing there's more and more Republicans who are considering this. They really view it as a way to give themselves as a little political cover, especially if Democrats are planning to use this vote as a cudgel in the midterm elections. And if there is ultimately a big bipartisan vote in the House, it would not only be a blow to McCarthy, uh, but it would also put pressure on more Senate Republicans to follow suit. Hmm. And so GOP leaders have really been racing to tamp down potential defections. Mm -hmm. And Trump came out with a very strong statement last night against the commission, telling Republicans to end the discussion, to get smarter, to get tougher, and saying, I hope Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell are listening. So we'll see whether other Republicans are, in fact, listening. You hinted earlier at some of what's been going on inside the GOP over recent days and weeks. I think most obviously the ouster of Liz Cheney from her leadership position that came in large part from the backlash to her vote in favor of impeaching Trump earlier this year when she stepped out of line with her party. Given the fact that McCarthy and leadership and Trump are against this bill on the commission, but that there are Republicans who seem like they could take a stand and vote in favor of it, do you think this could end up being another similar test for House Republicans and their loyalty? It's not crazy to think that this will be viewed, at least in Trump's eyes, as another litmus test of Republican support for him. Everything we've seen, actually, in the last few few weeks and months in the Republican conference has been about loyalty to former President Donald Trump, whether it was Republicans deciding whether to challenge or certify the election results, whether it was their impeachment vote, whether it was backing the effort to oust Liz Cheney for her criticisms of Trump. And now with the January 6th commission that's coming up for a floor vote today, I suspect it will be a similar litmus test that is viewed at least by the Trump wing of the party about whether Republicans are loyal or not to the ex-president. 
If this does end up making it through the Senate after today's vote in the House, what ultimately could come of this investigation if it happens? What Democrats are hoping to get out of this is a full and thorough accounting of what happened and how it could be prevented in the future. And so whether that looks like a report, whether that is more recommendations for how to shore up security at the Capitol, they are looking for answers uh, and future guidance about what to do. It's interesting how this bill and the potential future investigation, it deals directly with lawmakers themselves. I mean, they were there that day. Some of them could be subject to serious questioning as part of this, like you mentioned. Does all of this feel more personal than business as usual in Congress? It does. Relationships on Capitol Hill have reached a breaking point, really. After January 6th, you have Democrats who are still refusing to work with Republicans who voted to challenge the election results. You have Republicans out there recently downplaying or trying to dismiss the insurrection and and how serious it was. There was no insurrection, and to call it an insurrection, in my opinion, is a bold-faced lie. You know, if you didn't know the TV footage was a video from January the 6th, you would actually think it was a normal tourist visit. And you have Democrats now floating a censure resolution against some of their Republican colleagues for some of their comments and rhetoric. So this absolutely is personal for lawmakers who were there Some of them are still struggling with PTSD, frankly. And so, you know, it really touches a nerve um, when when people are already so on edge in the Capitol. And it's only going to further inflame things if you have Republicans refusing to participate and continuing to deny the seriousness of the events on January 6th. You mentioned that you were there that day on January 6th. Does it feel more personal for you covering this than other stories? It is really strange. As a reporter, you're never supposed to be part of the story. And in this case, it's impossible not to be. I was there that day. I was in the House chamber. I even remember watching the impeachment trial in the Senate, and they played video. And I saw myself on the video for the first time. I was wearing this bright coral blazer, and it was hard to miss. Um, And it was just this really strange, surreal feeling. But I think all of us as journalists are able to put our own feelings aside and report on this. Um, It's almost a coping mechanism in some ways because you feel less like a participant yourself and more like an observer. Melanie Zanona, thanks so much for talking with me. Thanks for having me. Also today... A group of senior House Democrats are abandoning a push to delay the Biden administration's latest weapons sale to Israel amid intensifying violence in the region, further underscoring an intra-party rift over U.S.-Israel relations. On Tuesday, House Foreign Affairs Committee Chair Gregory Meeks said he decided against requesting that President Biden delay the $735 million arms sale after the White House offered to hold an informational session for lawmakers on Wednesday. The move marks reversal for Meeks, who was part of a group of Democrats who planned to send a letter to the White House seeking a postponement of the sale, hoping to pressure the Israeli government to enter into a ceasefire. A spokesperson for the committee said Meeks wanted to create the opportunity for a candid conversation with the administration about the sale, and the letter is, quote, no longer necessary, given the White House's engagement. And 
TikTok is staying away from the Capitol. On Tuesday, the company refused senators' request to testify at a hearing on children's online privacy and safety concerns, saying it did not get enough advanced notice and felt singled out. The company argued that it should not be the only platform called on to speak to what is an industry-wide issue. TikTok is one of the only major social media platforms that has never testified on Capitol Hill. Today's episode of Politico Dispatch included music composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to subscribe to Politico Dispatch and tell a friend to check out the show. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.